me sweetness and I like to dance. Running the ball is like making more mans. We had the goal since training camp. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dylan Sanders coming at you live. I don't know why I decided to change it up, but it's a different episode. Um, it's your boy, your host, as always, Dylan Sanders. And joining me is not my co-host, as always. It's Alex Katzen. You find him on Twitter at Alex Hello, Katzen. Hello, everyone. Of the whole nine draft pod. That's right. And fill-in uh-huh. guest, I guess, now, whenever one of us yeah, is gone. Honorary third co-host of the whole nine sports podcast. Yeah, I guess. I guess. <laughs> I guess I'll accept that. Um, don't now, now, now. Listen, what did Ross yeah. do? How did I win? What's up? <laughs> We're playing eight ball. <laughs> Ross did ask. I'll ask it now instead of the uh, instead of at the, uh, the 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 mailbag. He did say question for the pod. Why do I suck at eight ball? Mm. It's because uh, iPhone games are stupid. <laughs> And we've talked yeah, a lot about him in the past couple episodes. We yeah, talk about it in the Steve Wardle podcast, in, in the oh Steve, Steve Wardle interview. Of course, of um, course. Turns out he's a major trash talker. <laughs> oh, really? In cup pong. Um, Has he just been shit-talking Brandon for the last three he, weeks? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Um, but speaking of Steve Wardle interview, um, that is going to be after this intro segment. Um and then after we come back from the Steve Wardle interview, uh, we will talk about the uh, offseason outlook for the offensive linemen. Um, now, the interview is about 20 minutes long, so we're not going to go super long or super deep into the offensive linemen. Um, plus, plus a lot of offensive linemen, I think we have returning to their old teams anyway. Um, yeah, fair amount. Or at least we're agreeing with a couple of them. Um, yeah. So... Other than that, there's a couple points of news to talk about. This one I'm just going to bring up because uh, I'm an LSU fan. They decided the number seven for the next season. Is it Jamar Chase? It is indeed Jamar Chase. Good for him. A lot of people. I were, saw a lot of people saying it should be Stingley, but I feel like it'll be Stingley in 2021. Yeah, it's they they usually only wear it for a year, um, so it'll be um, it'll be a. Uh, Chase this year, then Stingley next year, um, and then Elias Ricks the year after. I was about to say probably Elias Ricks. That dude <laughs> is a baller. Um, the one that we never talk about though, Jonathan Giles. His story mm. as number seven is hilarious. Oh yeah, I saw that on Twitter, and I wasn't sure who it was referring to. I guess he got like taken out of the number seven halfway through the season. Um. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy um so he came in um as an as a texas tech transfer right um and then he had high expectations because he had like 70 catches 1200 yards 13 touchdowns at at texas tech his second year sophomore year then he came in and he earned number seven and then through eight games he had 10 catches for 59 yards love that for him um so we did not he he got uh, I think he either forfeited the number 7 or got it taken away halfway through the season. Wow. What a guy. So we don't talk about him. Well, it's too late. We already have. Yeah, oh yeah, true. Sorry. That was and that was with Joe Burrow thrown to him. 
I mean, that wasn't this year's Joe Burrow, but it was still Joe Burrow. Wow. Shout um, out to you, Jonathan Giles. Shout out to you. Um, I mean, that was still in the old LSU offense, though. So, well, I mean, yeah, a lot of people had, had had more yards than him. So, I don't know. I don't know what his excuse is. Um, but anyway, other than that, uh, what other news is there? Other than uh, we'll talk about the uh, the Trey Turner trade then. Yeah, 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 yeah. <clears throat> Let's talk about the Trey Turner trade. I'm ready. <laughs> so, um, if you don't know at this point, uh, Alex Katzen is a Seattle Seahawks fan. <laughs> Not a Seattle Seahawks. Los Angeles Chargers. What am I? What? What am I? Yeah, I live in Seattle. Yeah, I that is that is fan. true. It's Los Angeles Chargers. Um, so I see how you could. I was thinking confused. of Seattle. I thought you were making a joke, honestly, but I, um, I guess you were just being dumb. No, I was just being dumb. <laughs> so, yeah, I am a Chargers fan. Uh, I grew up in San Diego, which is why I'm a Chargers fan, if you have any questions about that, because I am, like, one of 12 that are left. Um, but I'm stoked about this trade, dude. It seems like we kind of fleeced Carolina. Sorry, Tyler. Um, Don't be sorry. Yeah, but, like, you know, we'll have to see, because I think... Generally, with trades that happen before the new league year, like more stuff about the compensation comes out before the trade like becomes official, and obviously we're still like two weeks away from that. But as it stands right now, the it being just like Trey Turner for Russell Okun straight up, like that's an incredible deal for the Chargers, and I'm very happy about it. Um, plug is a huge hole at guard for the Chargers. Um, kind of kicks off the rebuild for the Panthers, you know. I don't actually know if Okun's going to be, like, ready to play because he missed most of 2019 with a pulmonary embolism that a lot of people thought might, like, cause him to retire um, after this year. So we'll have to see how that goes in Carolina, but it seems like they're kind of getting ready to dismantle and build around some new pieces there. So thankfully the Chargers get to benefit from that, and I'm very excited to see what Trey Turner brings even though he had a down 2019. Um, so, uh, with free agency coming up, a new person has been added to the trade block today. That's true. It's, we should talk about yeah, that. NBC's Al Michaels <laughs> has been yeah. added to the, uh, the trade block. Are they going to trade, uh, uh, trade him for, all right, Disney Princess. To be named later. Yep. And Iron Man. Would you take that trade? Um, I would take, let's see, Disney Princess to be named later, Iron Man, and probably like a like a low tier ESPN talent. Like I'll take like a uh not Booger McFarlane, but someone of that same caliber. <laughs> Um, like a sports center anchor, one of those like 10 a.m. sports center anchors. I can't think of any of their names, but that seems like a fair trade to me. Yes, I saw some people saying. Uh, I saw a couple times people saying Booger McFarlane, Katie Nolan, and Cash. Katie Nolan is mm. too good to get rid of for Al Michaels. No, I feel like if you're if you're including Katie Nolan in the deal, the cash has to be coming from NBC's side at that point. Yeah. Like, um, Al Nolan, Michaels and cash for Katie Nolan because she's a much higher upside prospect than Al Michaels is at this stage. Yeah, no, it's it's like trading Patrick Mahomes for Tom Brady. Yeah, right. 
like um, they're both very they're both very very good at their jobs but one of them is going to be around a lot longer than the other and that's just the, the way that it is and they also do two different jobs <laughs> so this is true yeah um did you see how much espn is going to offer peyton manning isn't it like 18 to 20 mil a year yeah dude like now's the time to really be trying, an analyst they're really trying to outsize that tony romo deal the 17 mil from cbs that's crazy yeah Good time, good time to get into the business if you're uh, a former player. I read too that they want that ESPN might try to get Philip Rivers if they can't get Peyton Manning, which seems weird since Philip Rivers is going to play next year. Maybe not. So I don't really know what their idea is there, but I'd listen to Monday Night Football with Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm. Did you see? I love him. Did you see the new CBL, CBA proposal that? Uh, um. With the, the reduced marijuana restriction. Yeah. 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 That's yeah. fine. That needs to happen. I, yeah, I saw a little bit about it. I didn't, like, dive too into it. I think too, gone too, too it. far into it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it'll be interesting. I think, like, um, how does that work with Josh Gordon and players like him? Well, he has other Yeah, things. he has other ones, right. But, like, for... I, I mean, I guess that... I don't know. Because... Like, for someone who's been suspended for that leads into a deeper conversation that i don't think we need to have here on the sports podcast that's true leads like what happens to david irving you know the cowboys guy from last year is he allowed back in the league how does that work um what happens to greg robinson and his 500 pounds okay that he's trying to transport across (laughs) the mexican border (laughs) (laughs) no he has not been punished by the league yet that's true so nothing. <laughs> yeah, probably not. No, he will get in trouble. <laughs> He's going to jail. <laughs> I mean, a hundred, dude. That's just so many. It's that's so many. So it's so, so many. many. Weeds. It's so much. Such an absurd amount of weed. Yeah, it's it's really crazy. I don't oh, get it, man. But yeah, it it is something that needs to happen. I like we. It's been something that people have talked about for years at this point. You know, the NFL has kind of lagged behind the other major sports leagues as far as marijuana testing goes, and it's it's the right time to do this. Yeah. Um. So now we're gonna thrust it on over to the. Uh, I don't <laughs> That's know why. Impressive. <laughs> um. And now, since I mean, you know, we have no cuts. So now I'm gonna hang up on you, then call yeah. Brandon and. And Steve, Steve um, right now, and have it right. connect. Yeah. Um, so it's going to act like nothing ever happened. Right. So, because, you know, no cuts ever. Right, yeah. So instead of keeping Brandon here, I'm just going to bring you back after them. Right, so you'll call me back a little bit later, right? Yeah. All right. All right, cool. cool. <laughs> All right, well, uh, enjoy this interview. It's awesome. Um had a great time with him. We talk about uh, just, you know, his combine experience. So enjoy that, and I'll talk to you in a little bit. Hello, and welcome back to this segment in the middle of the episode. Um, this is record- we're recording this first, so I don't know what you heard before this or what you're going to hear after it, honestly. Um, but with us right now is Brandon, my co-host as always, and returning guest, friend of the show, NFL Combine record holder. More importantly, though, 
potential guest of the year. Potential guest <laughs> of the year. It could be a big, big award for me then. Yeah, well, we'll let you know. We'll, uh, we you will some. 100% call you if you win that. <laughs> it's Steve Portal. Not we, 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 probably say we, did Steve it, we did it before. <laughs> I'll be waiting by the phone then, patiently. So, yeah, it's Steve, Steve Wordle, long snapper, uh, the greatest long snapper of all time, if we're concerned. Um, how you doing? No, I'm doing good. Uh, glad to kind of be back on here, and, you know, hopefully it's uh, – becomes a nice little tradition to be on the podcast here and you know kind of get it get it kicked off here but no doing good and yeah can't complain yeah i mean hey you're welcome on literally whenever so <laughs> monthly guest steve wordle daily <laughs> third co-host steve wordle. um so last time we talked it was post senior bowl and you're getting ready for the combine and now it's post combine and so the first thing we want to ask is, what was the combine like as a player? Like, this is something I feel like you've been looking forward to your entire life. So right. what was this experience like? Yeah, it was uh, kind of one that obviously that, that was new to me and new to everyone that goes to the combine. But it was, I think, mentally fatiguing and very stressful in terms of that. But, um, you know, just the biggest thing that I kind of took away was to really be you at the end of the day. And I was kind of fortunate enough the week before I left for the combine, one of our former Iowa State wide receivers, Alan Lazard, kind of sat down with me. And, you know, now he's a starting wide receiver for the Green Bay Packers. But, you know, we had a really good conversation about 35 minutes about, you know, the biggest thing I wanted to take away was kind of what to expect. And, you know, I kind of heard about the mental side of it and kind of got a little taste of that, that at the senior bowl. But, um, you know, obviously the combine's a, a different different fashion from there. But, you know, for me, it's just really kind of the thing for me was just to be me every day and, um, you know, understand I'm there for a reason. And at the same time as well, to just be kind of, you know, in the present and focused on, you know, what's going on at that moment rather than, you know, worrying about what's, you know, later that day or the testing later that week. So, yeah, I mean, aside from that, though, I think it was really cool to kind of be around some of those big name guys like, you know, Joe Burrow and Chase Young and, you know, just to name those two, but, you know, just filled with, you know, incredible draft class. And, you know, it's just cool to kind of talk to them about, you know, their experiences with, you know, wherever they played at or, you know, stuff like that or who they played against. So, you know, but overall, though, just, you know, the biggest thing for me was to take advantage of my opportunity. And, you know, it was just really a, a childhood dream come true. And, you know, it's pretty cool to say that I was, you know, at the NFL Combine and, you know, just really like at the end of the day, just went out there and was, you know, the best version of me. And uh, that sounds amazing. Um, what were your thoughts or what was the consensus thoughts among players there of it being at night for the first time? Because I know personally, I hated that so much. <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, you know, for it being the first year that it was in prime time, it was, it was a little different. Uh, you know, I think it was as specialists, we were lucky enough on Friday for our on the field, you know, since for us, we need the whole field. We did our on the field workout in the morning. So it was kind of the same as that. And then we ran our 40s and did all that testing at night with the linemen. But kind of the vibe I was getting by a lot of the players is that, um, you know, some of them, it was kind of just a long day because in terms of you know their workout being at night you now you have to sit around and you know you have five hours to kind of lay there and, and really think about it rather than just getting up in the morning and you know really attacking the workout but yeah I think a lot of guys it was you know a little mixed feelings and you know just kind of that whole 
primetime thing. I know it's it's good for obviously everyone to kind of be be home and be able to watch it rather than when it's in the morning and you know people are at work. But yeah, for a lot of the guys, it was just you know sitting around, your body's getting tight, and you know I know there were some injuries out there, and um, you know nothing too serious, you know which is which is good. But uh, you know I think just it's just your body just is sitting there and it's like the anticipation and, and you kind of get maybe anxiety for some kids and it's just like just a whole buildup. So yeah, I think, um, you know, just a lot of, a lot of mixed feelings for kind of who you asked to about it, but you know, I was fortunate enough that our stuff was in the morning. Yeah. Um, so this is something that I just, I, we, it wasn't like on, on our spreadsheet or anything that I just thought to ask about. I don't know if you even heard about it, but it's something I saw last night that like someone did a study or like with the questions being asked, but three percent of oh, the players. I was ask this. Yeah, the three percent of the players there use Jason Strobridge's Netflix account. Did you know that or know why? <laughs> no, I honestly, you kind of just brought this. I, I was, yeah, I had no idea what you're even talking about to be honest. But I, uh, I don't know. Maybe there are some guys out there that are using it. Uh, <laughs> um, I just thought it was. Though, I don't, yeah, personally though, I don't even really use Netflix. If I'm being honest, my. Uh, my girlfriend uses it. I know my brother does. So uh, I don't. For for some guys out there, maybe they are using it. You might have to get on it now and and find that account and password to save me some money. Yeah, I mean, hey, if it, if three percent of the players are already using it, you might as well. Yeah, might that's as well my hop, thing. Hop in that. Yeah, <laughs> but no, that's it's, uh, that's interesting actually. To be honest. Yeah, I saw that and I was like, there were like, th- I think it was like three hundred players invited to the conference. right yeah right three of the, 3% of them use his netflix it means 10 guys at the combine <laughs> somehow we're using his netflix uh <laughs> so how do you not get like too many on at the same time or yeah, like you can't watch it, anymore cuz yeah, like, only four people yeah. i think can watch it at a time right so i don't know um i just found right. it funny cuz it was just like like the it was the, it was set out to like mom their own friend girlfriend and then Jason Strobridge, were <laughs> yeah. the percentages. Yeah, no, that's, that's funny though. Um, so sticking with the combine, uh, yeah, it's it's you know, no, like everyone knows, like you get weird questions every year or yeah. by asked by teams. So I don't know if you had any weird questions or like the weirdest question that you know someone got asked. Yeah, for me there was uh a question and uh you know the the scout he was upfront about it and he said that like look you know we're we're all men at this table so you know be honest like it's just another way to know you so they asked me they were like you know what's your favorite drink and i was like i don't really know how to answer it at first i'm like do i say like blue gatorade like what like what's he what's he asking me here and he's like uh and he's like seriously he's like like we're all men here like and this is like I, this is how i get to know players and you know potential guys and you know, just gets to know a little bit more about you. So, yeah, I got got that question. And uh, and then there was a, kind of an interesting one. Um, you know, the guy asked me, he said, like, basically if I was a player or one of your teammates and, you know, there was stuff going on back home for me, like how would you be a leader to me and kind of help me throughout that situation? So it's kind of one where I kind of had to think about it. And, um, you know, I'm a – I'm a good leader, you know, and uh, so, yeah, I thought that was interesting. But, yeah, those two kind of stuck out to me. But that first one kind of stuck out the most, if I'm being honest. It was kind of funny. Yeah, you just wouldn't expect to be asked that. <laughs> no, yeah, no. And I was I was like, dang, like, all right, uh, I don't even know. Do it like water? Like, I don't know. <laughs> what do you want me to say? But, yeah, no, it was funny. 
right, this one's kind of, it's like one of the harder questions that we're going to give you. Um, All right. What's your favorite drink? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a uh, Midwestern guy, so Miller Lite, that's kind of my go-to. <laughs> and uh, so a big fan of it. And uh, yeah, no, I mean, can never go wrong with the Miller Lite, I guess. I mean, especially, uh, you know, hopefully when summer rolls around here soon and it gets warm for once. Yeah, Miller Lite's definitely of, of the of the cheaper beers. It's definitely up there. <laughs> yeah, well, the, what the if kids you, like, and I was all day. They were just like, uh, yeah, uh, the said it, and they were just like undrafted. <laughs> 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 yeah, the, the the kids in Iowa love their love their Bush Lights. So, uh, 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 well, at least you're yeah. not one of them. <laughs> no, no, I'm not really a, <laughs> not really a Bush Light guy. So, <laughs> um, so um. What are you, what are your plans to do like on draft night? So that's like that's next. Uh, right. What are your plans for draft night? Do you have anything? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know we're uh, just training here now, and you know it was nice to kind of go out there and um, you know put my times up, and I put up times that I wanted. So for for pro day, I'm just gonna go out there and snap, and uh, you know cheer my cheer my fellow teammates on, you know as they compete too, and. But yeah, for draft day, the uh, the plan right now is to go back home and you know kind of go back to my house where I grew up, and you know that's where the old stomping grounds are, and kind of where everything that you know was helped form me into who I am today. And you know I'm a firm believer on you know draft day if I'm lucky enough to you know spend it with those that have been in my corner my whole life and really have helped me get to this point. So uh, yeah, gonna go home, be there with my mom and dad. You know I can just speak so highly of what they've done for me and. Um, you know, just really giving me the tools to succeed. And it was up to me to, you know, take take those tools and, and uh, you know, learn and, and run with it. And, you know, I did that. And, you know, they've been stuck with me throughout this whole college process and even, you know, this process now. And, you know, I just can't thank them enough for what they did for me. And, um, you know, my brother will be there as well. And, and I could speak so highly of the, the role model that he is. And, you know, from either if it's snapping to just general life questions, uh, you know, I know he's a phone call away and, um, you know, just kind of has helped me through anything. And, um, yeah, my girlfriend's going to come back too. And, you know, she's been a big help to me here at, uh, throughout the college process. And, you know, life as a student athlete, it's not easy and it's long days and, and hours like that. And, you know, she's been a, uh, a gem to me and in my life in general. So, and then, uh, yeah, we'll have some, you know, family around like grandma, grandpa and, and, uh, you know, cousins like that as well. And, um, you know, just going to take it all in. And, you know, if I'm lucky enough to, to be drafted, I'm, you know, going to celebrate it with them. And, uh, but yeah, no, the plan is to, to kind of be home and, you know, just really take the day in and, you know, I'm just going to treat it really as any other day. And, um, you know, like I said, if I'm lucky enough and, you know, we'll, uh, we'll go from there, but yeah, really looking forward to that day. And, um, feels like it's still freaking years away, but, uh, coming down to a couple months now so just really taking it one day at a time and you know it'll be here before we know it all right and then uh i, I just have a two-parter for you really. yeah the first one is what was your gpa at iowa state my gpa was a 3.3 cumulative okay the second one is how did you find time to play football yeah get your academics and apparently just play non-stop cup pong <laughs> 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 well i've i've beaten you in cup pong you know twice here now so uh hopefully this you man get... beat me yesterday and said you need more practice like, <laughs> <laughs> i was like it's cup pong god damn uh, dude i am so bad at cup pong oh yeah doing i, like, I had you know you, 
Hey, in uh, going through uh, life, Coach Campbell, too, I learned from him. You know, he's honest with you. So you got to be honest with someone. So, hey, you know what? We'll, uh, we'll get the practice going for you. But, uh, <laughs> no, but uh, back to your question, though. The uh, I think the biggest thing is, you know, you have to be committed to what you do and understand, um, you know, you're here for a reason. And, you know, for a guy, I was lucky enough to earn my scholarship right out of high school and, um, you know, to – to show up and, and not focus on academics and think I'm here for football, that wouldn't slide. And, you know, Coach Campbell wouldn't let that slide. And my parents would definitely not let that slide because, you know, my mom would uh, probably uh, get the best of me if I was doing that. But, uh, you know, for me, it was just really to focus on time management. And I think the biggest thing was to use my resources, whether it was in our academic center. You know, we have a tremendous academic team. And, uh, you know, my academic advisor, Macy, she's been brilliant for me. And, you know, she's just really helped me along the way. So I think the biggest thing was just using your resources, whether it's, you know, you need a tutor for this subject and, you know, maybe you need a little more help in here for studying. And so kind of just stuff like that. So, uh, you know, time management was the biggest thing, but really focusing on, you know, your academics first and then football comes second. And, you know, just to be, like I said earlier about the combine, was just to be present in the moment. So understanding that I'm in class, you know, focus on class or, you know, if I'm on the practice field, I'm not worrying about an exam I have coming up. That's for after practice and, you know, just really being present in the moment. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's a really uh, it can be tough, though, at times. And, you know, especially for exam week, as uh, you know, a lot of students know. But, uh, yeah, no, I think uh, time management, though, and being present was the biggest thing for me. This man beat me in four turns and said, you got to get some practice <laughs> laughing emoji. You in four rounds? Yeah. Wow. Four yeah. rounds. I, I texted I said, uninvited to the pod. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know I how think, to react. I was I getting trash-talking cup pong. <laughs> yeah, he sent it right off the get-go. In the first round, I think I buried like five cups, and I was like, oh, God, this is going to be a quick one for him. Yeah, he did that. I was watching it, and I was like, mother He's like, we didn't discuss playing. I was just – I randomly sent him like cup pong and like the eye emoji, and he yeah. went off on me, off rip. I was like, I was, all right. I got an iPhone a week ago, and I'm – trying to learn but god i'm just so bad you are no it's awful. uh once you, you, are yeah, really once bad. you get the hang of it no it's fun i was sitting here with my roommate and he and you sent it to me and i was like literally like two minutes later the game the game was over i'm like oh god steve looked at his roommate he goes watch this and then just destroyed me real quick no sometimes i'll go like i'll go like two rounds without hitting a cup right right no, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> like he beat me so bad there. so fast. I wanted to fight him. <laughs> I was like, "Damn, he's really big, though." So like, I can't do that. But I was tempted. I bet you couldn't break the the combine record for long snappers, Brandon. Definitely not. Maybe the worst time. Maybe the Maybe. worst time ever. <laughs> hey, you know, you, you never know. Maybe you could. How was That's breaking not- the record? Like, what happened? Did- yeah, it was. Uh, it was sweet. I mean, to be honest, I knew you know my. You know, when I honestly, when I talked to you guys and kind of that, you know, whole week kind of getting into it, um, you know, I understood that, you know, I knew what the record was. And, you know, it's funny. I remember calling home and, and even talking to my girlfriend and I'm like, you know, I like you know, I understand my athleticism and that, you know, I work so hard to get that. And, you know, everything's earned that you know, I knew what that 40 record was and I knew it was a four, seven, eight. And. You know, I knew that I just put so much work into this and that, um, you know, I've had so much help along the way that, you know, I can beat this time. And, you know, I just went out there and, you know, the cool thing at the combine is you run your 40 and you don't even know what time you got. 
And so, you know, I ran it and then ran my second one. So, you know, it was, I didn't even know what I ran. So, Oh, they didn't um, tell you? No, they don't tell you. So that's kind of one of the interesting things I think at the combine and they don't want anybody to tell you until your workout's over. So, uh, ran it, got through all the rest of the drills and, you know, got on my phone and, you know, people were like texting me like, uh, four, seven, six, like this and like, Oh my, like wheels and that. And I was like, Oh shoot. Like, the record was four seven eight. I beat it, and then all of a sudden it started coming out on Twitter, and then, you know, you guys tweeted it. Iowa State got at it, and then, um, you know, some people from the NFL like confirmed it with, uh, you know, one of our guys and stuff like that. So it was cool. I mean, that whole you know night and day after on Twitter was like, I think I gained like four hundred followers on Twitter, and uh, <laughs> so it felt funny there. And uh, but yeah, no, it was it was sweet. But you know, I think at the end of the day, when you work hard towards achieving something and you achieve it it's really a good feeling but uh yeah no I mean like all week I just kind of when I talked to teams or the media I was just saying you know my athleticism I you know I just take great pride in it and understand that you know it's a big part of my game so you know I couldn't wait to show it and you know to go out there and, and get that 40 record I think it's something special and you know something that I have right now and you know we'll see how long it's the record for but you know hey as we say today you know I had the fastest 40 for a long snapper at the combine yeah. Um, now you didn't have any punter speed. Only 19 reps at the bench <laughs> compared to Michael Turk's 25. But 19, 19 right. not bad either. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that that was impressive though. It's hey, that's that's good for the brand and uh, you know good for the specialist world to kind of go up there and put those numbers up and kind of show everybody else that hey, you know what we uh, we're not just sitting there in the weight room. We're hitting the curls and the benches now. We uh we all have the we we have we have the the running joke within whole nine sports is that we're a W and S and then the S stands for specialists because we we are always yes. obsessed with the specialists. It's all for the brand. Heck yes, it is. It's for the brand, and hey, it's it's uh it's getting out there now. People are starting to hopefully uh put it put hopefully we can put them on the map. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, Brandon, you have anything else? No, I'm good. Yeah, that was great again. So thanks again for coming on. Definitely won't be Appreciate the last it. Thanks time. Thanks for having me. We'll uh, we'll be sure to call you uh, whenever you're 30 seconds after you get drafted for immediate reaction. <laughs> I was about to say I'm calling Steve the second I see his name. I'm like, all right, call Steve. Oh, we're gonna, you're going to be talking to the coach on the phone, and then it'll pop up that we're calling you. Oh, I'm just, just joking, but uh, uh, yeah. Well, uh, well, definitely won't be the last time we talk to you. So uh, have a great yeah, day. No, thanks again for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having me. Have a good. Thanks. Yeah, how'd you how'd you like that interview? Oh well, I didn't hear it because there's no cuts. I've just been off the phone this whole time. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. That's you true. just called me back. I just called you back. Um, I don't even know if you actually interviewed Steve or if you just like left to go get dinner and then came back and called me back. Honestly. Well, seeing as though the fact how, that it's how could I know twelve thirty in the morning for me. You know, you could be getting a late dinner. You know, you you could be hitting that Waffle House. I don't know. There is a Waffle House like three minutes from my house. Yeah, see, that's what I'm talking about. All right, well, let's get into these offensive linemen so we don't have to keep people here all day. All right, fair enough. Um, so the way we've been doing with this offseason outlook, we're going to get five free agent offensive linemen and five draft offensive linemen and, say, and just say some fits that we think are going to happen or we'd just like to see. Yep. Some scenarios. 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 Um, so the first one, um, I'll let you go with it, Alex. All right. So the first one um, for the free agents, well, not technically a free agent, but is on the trade block. Uh, that's Trent Williams 
Um, we learned today that the Redskins gave uh, Trent Williams' agent permission to seek a trade for him, um, which is why he's on this list. And you and I both picked Cleveland. Um, I think that's a really natural fit for him. You know, Cleveland has been aggressive in trading for guys that they see as talented before. You know, I think they probably have the capital to do it if they want to, you know, uh, get shed some of those other guys that they've had that have kind of underperformed. Um, and then obviously they have a huge need at tackle, needing someone to protect Baker Mayfield on that side. So, I don't know. I feel like this is a perfect fit here. For sure. Um, and that's bad. They just need they need both tackle sides, honestly. Bad. They need all yeah. five offensive linemen positions bad. Yeah. So I don't think it's well, out of out of um, reality that we see them take another offensive tackle. Yeah, definitely. It's just going to be about like what exactly they're going to give up. I feel like. I don't, I don't think him. that the Redskins can ask for too much, and I feel like yeah, the Browns right. are the not Redskins don't have any leverage. Tra- in not afraid situation. to trade anything. So yeah, um, pick ten for Trent Williams. <laughs> um. So I'm going to go ahead with Joe Tooney, um, offensive lineman. I'm going to send him to Miami. Miami is a place like with a lot of needs and a lot of money. And I think Joe Tooney is going to get one of the bigger paychecks of their offensive linemen. Yeah. Um, and I feel like Miami's not going to be afraid to, to shell that out. And I don't think that they should be afraid to shell that out. Yeah, Miami's a really good choice um, because they have – like 80 billion dollars in cap space (laughs) and so like they have to pay somebody but i picked the jets um another afc east team who have already like put it put out there that they're willing to get creative with like salary cap maneuvering in order to like clear enough space to like sign tooney to a competitive deal um obviously we've all heard like the sam darnold seeing ghosts clip from monday night football (laughs) from earlier this season and so you need you need to put someone in front of him so that he can kind of regain his confidence and not just like be having hallucinations on the field at all times. Um, so I don't know. I feel like the Jets are prop. I feel like the Jets are probably not lying when they're saying like we're going to do everything we can to get this guy into the building. Obviously, the Jets have said that before about other guys, and it hasn't worked out. So we'll have to see. Um, I do like. You know, and Tooney's going to have a huge market. I've I've seen that like twenty plus teams are interested in signing him already, um, and the Patriots are going to let him go interested. probably. Yeah, everyone should be right. Like, unless you're unless you already have like two All Pro caliber guards on your team, like you should want Joe Tooney on your team. Like, I still want him for the Chargers, and we just got Trey Turner, but like we need another guard. Screw it. Yeah. Um... And then, so the next one is going to be Jack Conklin, and I'll let you start it off with him. All right. So I picked the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for this one. Um, obviously, he's been linked to the Jets again, uh, but since we just talked about the Jets, I kind of wanted to talk about a different team. Um, the The Bucks are an interesting one for me because I feel like they want to replace Demar Dotson on that right side of their line, um, which you know is going to be kind of difficult to do because I'm pretty sure DeMar, DeMar Dotson is making a lot of money. Um, he might be a pending free agent as well. I actually don't know. But um, especially because I think that Tampa's probably going to 
I think that they're leaning towards franchise tagging Shaq Barrett over Jameis Winston. And so because they 100% of that, will and should. Yeah, and like that's the correct decision in my mind, right? And so they're going to be in the market for a new quarterback, um, which then requires that they can't take an offensive lineman at 14 probably because they're going to take a quarterback at 14 if they're letting Jameis Winston go. Um, and so then you need to build, you know, you kind of need to build that offensive line in front of whoever that may be. And I feel like Jack Conklin's the way to go for that rather than like drafting a tackle in the second round and hoping that he pans out. Um, and I'm going to be a little bit boring with Jack Conklin. Um, and I am going to, uh, I'm going to say that, uh, he's just going to go back to Tennessee. That's fair. Yeah. Um, he was up and down. He had a lot of injuries. They declined his fifth year option. Um, and then last year he had a great season. Um, he was, I I feel like they're going to try and just keep that offensive line, that running game as meld together as possible because it won them so many games. Yeah, that's definitely fair. I do wonder though, if Tennessee's going to run out of money, right? Like the the salary cap is fake. The salary cap isn't real. I understand. But like you have to pay Derrick Henry. Are you going to pay Ryan Tannehill if you're paying Jack Conklin all? I don't think they're like, going to have to pay Jack Conklin a lot of money though. Okay, that's fair. I could see that then. I I okay. could see him in in between ten to fifteen mil a year. Yeah, for sure. Um, if we're going if we're talking up to like twenty mil, yeah, definitely. then I wouldn't say that they're going to bring him back. But I think they can right. get him in between ten and fifteen. Yeah, definitely. I agree with that. Um, so I think that they're going to. And which is not cheap, but it's not a lot of money. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um. So in there, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send him back to Tennessee. And then that brings us to Eric Flowers. You wanted to talk about Eric Flowers, right? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Eric Flowers specifically Eric Flowers. so that I could send him to the Denver Broncos, who are my roommate Nick's favorite team. Um, and also one of the Chargers division rivals. So And also a New York Giants draft bust. Yes. And also, screw you, Brandon. Eric Flowers was bad. I want to text Brandon right now and have him uh, tell him to describe uh, Eric Flowers in one word. Eric Flowers' tenure as a Giant. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, while you do that, I'll talk about why I sent him to Denver. Yeah, do Sound that. good? Yeah. All right. So... Um, Eric Flowers moved to guard once he left the Giants. Um, I believe he was on the Redskins, I want to say. Played, like, better as a guard. I don't want to say that he was good necessarily, but he definitely did play better uh, at guard than at tackle. And the Broncos are a team who are going to need a guard coming into this offseason. They declined Ronald Leary's option. He's probably not going to come back. He's kind of the Broncos version of Andrus Pete. Um to reference it to something that Dylan will understand. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Speed, um, I didn't put on this list, but God, I've never Andrew seen Speed one is going fan. to the XFL. I've never seen. It's I'm going to talk about him later, though. Yeah, I, I've never seen a one fan base hate one player so much. His also yeah, the first time I remember seeing a zero on a PFF grade, and he had it twice. Yeah, yeah it's nuts. Um, and he but made Ronald the Leary is, <laughs> Yeah, Ronald Leary was. Almost as bad for the Broncos, as at least from what my roommate has told me. Again, he's the Broncos fan, so he knows. Um, 
And Connor McGovern, who we were going to talk about but ended up choosing not to talk about, is also a free agent, kind of played both center and guard for that Broncos team. And so they're going to need to bring someone in. Um, but I think they've kind of zeroed in at wide receiver at 15 if they're not going to trade out. And so you might have to build that offensive line through free agency. And so I feel like Eric Flowers is going to be like a good like bargain piece that you can pick up and probably plug in in the starting lineup and not like feel awful about it. Yeah. Um, and that leads me to Brandon's one letter, one sentence, not one letter, one sentence uh, description of Eric Flowers' time as a giant. And he said, he allowed more people by him than all of the turnstiles in the NYC subway system. Mm. So, yeah, that's probably true. Enjoy, Denver. Yeah. Um, so, and that brings us to the last guy, Anthony Costanzo, George Costanza. George um, he the previous Indianapolis Colts that uh there were you know a couple talks of him retiring. Um yeah. He's back. He's going to be back. Um and I don't think that he's going to end up going anywhere. No, I don't think he's going anywhere either. I think he's going to stay with with the Colts. He was a great um, tackle. Um, yeah, he's been really good. And I don't. The Colts have had so much change recently that I think that they want a little bit consistency, and there's no, almost no better position to have consistency at than left tackle. Yeah, definitely. And I, I don't think I mean, he's going to be too expensive either. No, I don't. I don't think so. Just he's really. he's I getting up there in age, considered retirement. Yeah, they're going to sign him to like a short term deal, kind of like make that final push, probably. Um, you know, we'll have to see if they sign a free uh, free agent quarterback to kind of like make that final playoff push while they have all these pieces in place. Jordan Love. Um, oh boy, <laughs> no, he's gonna go at six to the Chargers. <laughs> um, you know, but they're they're gonna sign him to probably like a one year, two year deal. Um, you know, kind of let him end it on his own terms. But I feel like maintaining the cohesiveness on that offensive line is gonna be the key thing for them, no matter who's behind center. Um, for them in 2020. All right, and I think that about does it for the free agents. Yeah. Uh, So now what we like to do more, we get to talk about the draft. Oh, boy. This is your expertise. Hey, do you know that I'm on a podcast that's all about the draft? Oh, yeah. When does that come out? Um, It it varies. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We don't have a consistent upload schedule right now. Uh, Josh is in the... uh, My co-host Josh is in the middle of moving, and so... We've kind of uh, had an inconsistent schedule lately. So we had one episode that came out this morning. Uh, it's Wednesday night, Thursday night, sorry. Um, but we had one episode that came out this morning that I did with Tyler Haberski, uh, another whole nine sports writer uh, on the Carolina Panthers. We'll probably have another one come out uh, later this week, you know, probably over the weekend. And then we'll have two episodes come out next week. And then there's usually two to three a week. When am, um, when am I going to come on? You, we're going to have you on for the Saints episode, absolutely. Fire. Hell yeah. Um, you can have me on for the Bills, too. That's true. Let's yeah, do it. If you want. I don't... I, um, I'm a Saints fan, diehard for life, but uh, it's no secret I used to live in Buffalo, so I like to root for the Bills. I keep up with the Bills. Um, yeah. We and didn't it, it helps that they, are, the that they never play each other. Yeah, that's good. We didn't have Brandon on for the Giants episode because we forgot... but yeah go listen to the whole nine draft podcast where can they find you on twitter uh at wn draft pod 
Do you and uh, Josh tweet from that account, or is it just Josh? Uh, Josh mostly tweets from it, but I'll tweet from it every now and then. It is think, both of us. Do you think Brandon regrets giving me the tw- the password to the whole nine sports Twitter account? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Without question. <laughs> Listen, I think he regrets I think I make it, it every fun. day of his life. I think I make it fun. No, it's fun for sure, but I think Brandon probably regrets it every day. Also, didn't ask life. him, but I definitely put my my Twitter my Twitter handle in the in the in the bio. I noticed that. Yeah, yeah I definitely didn't. I just did that one night, but hey, <laughs> because it's true. Love that. No, right. it is. It is. So, so let's talk about the draft offensive lineman. Um, and that the first one we're going to talk about is the combine legend, insanity, Tristan Wirfs. Yeah. Um. Uh, Am I going to go first, or are you going first? Let's see. I went first for the free agent, so you go first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go with... Uh, I'm going to go first, and I am going to have him be the first offensive lineman drafted. And uh, I'm going to send him to the Giants. There's yeah. two things I know that Dave Gettleman loves. Hog mollies. There's hog mollies. Hagmai, Hagmai, Hagmai. And there's athletic freaks. Tristan Wirfs is a double-edged sword in that category. Yeah. Tristan Wirfs is the rare person who is both. Do I think he should get drafted at four? No. He has some some glare, some some holes in his game. He needs to be taught. But do I think that the Giants care about that? No. Absolutely not. <laughs> no. Um, so I'm going to have him go off the board at four to the New York Giants. Um, and I think Brandon will be fine with that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I could definitely see that happening, but I'm, I chose something that I'm attempting to speak into existence. It's not going to happen. It's not, but I'm going to try anyway. Um, and that's Tristan Wirfs to the Chargers at (laughs) six. Now, hear me out, right? The... The issue with us trading for Trey Turner is that it's a very, like, win-now-but-also-plan-for-the-future type move. And so it kind of, like, creates this weird space. I'm so happy that he's out Um, of the conference. Yeah, right? Um, But it creates this kind of weird space with the Chargers where it's like, you're not really sure if they're trying to retool and, like, see if Terod Taylor can be the guy for, like, the short term. Um, and lead them lead them to the playoffs with the roster that they already have, or if they're building for like the future, but the future is really only like two or three years away because um, they're going to draft someone to develop. But I'm personally of the belief that trading away our franchise left tackle, we need to draft a tackle now. And I think that trading Okun away points to us taking a tackle at six more than it points to us taking a quarterback at six. Just because our starting tackles are now Trey Pipkins and Sam Tevy, which is <laughs> bad. I don't know. I don't know how much you guys know about Trey Pippin, Trey Pipkins and Sam Tevy, but they're not good. <laughs> so you're taking a tackle in the second round, is what I'm hearing. Yeah. So we're either Austin I think Jackson. I think regardless of what order it's going to go in, I think we're going to take a tackle and a quarterback with our first two picks. It's just a matter of which order it goes in. Um, but I'd really like to have Worfs at six and then a quarterback in the second round. So you know, Jalen whether Hurts. that's Jacob Eason. Jalen Hurts has been linked to the Chargers, actually. That is something that, like, the Chargers have said that they like Jalen Hurts. How? You know, 
happy it, would you be if it was Tristan Wirfs at six and then Jacob and Eason? And then Jalen and then Jacob Eason at like thirty six or whatever, whatever it is. is. Yeah, yeah. I'd be super down, honestly. Um, I'd be very happy with that. Um, obviously, I'm a little bit higher on Jacob Eason than I think most people are at this stage. Wonder um, why? Because. Well, no, okay, it's not all it's not all because I'm a University of Washington student, but that is part of it. He is my boy. Um, but I'm all, I also just like what he brings to the table as a quarterback um regardless of school. Um which is weird because I also don't like Jordan Love, but they're they're two different they're two different players that I think need to be closer together than people have put them. And I think that's kind of where that disparity comes in. But anyway, I'm speaking it into existence. Tristan Morphs to the Chargers at six. Let's do it. Yeah, I'm down. Hell yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I a little bit more on the Trey Turner trade, just because I'm you know I'm thinking about it. It's it's a big deal for Saints fans. I texted Ross actually for a quote as a Saints expert what it meant in the in the big grand scheme of things um, sure and he hasn't replied yeah i saw i saw the, the bubbles so whenever yeah. he replies we'll get back to that but uh all right because this is a big it's a big trade yeah for sure it is here we go this is a quote of the uh of the, the uh, from a saints expert ross jackson you can find him on twitter at ross jackson asc loyal listener isn't and, it ross jackson nola now oh it is ross jackson nola Thank yeah. you. Close Ross, friend. Follow me back on Twitter. <laughs> Ross, follow Alex on Twitter. That's a good time to do it because he'll hear it. He'll hear this. I um, know. Uh, he said the Panthers just gave up a 26-year-old, five-time consecutive Pro Bowl interior offensive lineman to add to a tackle on the side Cam Jordan doesn't rush from. That's facts. <laughs> That's all of those are facts. Um, does that mean Cam Jordan continues to go up against Greg Little anytime you play the Panthers? <laughs> is that what that means? Dude, Cam Jordan, a little bit on Cam Jordan. He is the face of this franchise. I don't care what anyone I agree. says. It, it, it's, well, it's Drew Brees for now, but as soon as yeah. he's gone, it's Cam Jordan. As soon it's not as, Michael soon as Drew Brees retires after the 2020 season, it's Cam Jordan for sure. And Cam Jordan is already a top five favorite saint of all time for me. Yeah. Um, and he's just he's just raising up, rising up the ranks. Um, I just love Cam Jordan so much. I really, I really like Cam Jordan. That's a goal. That's a goal. Guest for this show is 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 yeah, uh someday. Um, someday I want to I want to talk to Cam Jordan. Ten to fifteen years from now, when we go to Mobile <laughs> and we go to draft picks, and we just see a Cam- random player in draft picks like we did Malik Zaire this year. It'll be Cam Jordan and we'll get him on the podcast. That'll be how it happens. Yeah. Um, and then, so that brings us to our next guy, which is Makai Becton. Yeah, so I'm, because I had Worfs going at six to the Chargers, I had to put someone else at four as the first offensive lineman chosen in this draft. So I went with Mekhi Becton, um, and I went with the Giants. Again, you kind of look at, like, Dave Gettleman likes hog mollies, but Dave Gettleman also like ath- likes athletic freaks. Mekhi Becton ran a 5'140 at 364 pounds. 
that's not supposed to be possible. I don't think that's legal. That was more impressive to me than Henry Ruggs. Yeah, that. Oh, absolutely. I think arguably, absolutely I, I, I would say Isaiah Simmons was a little bit more impressive. Yeah, but it's but arguable, Mackay, right? it's it's arguable. Mackay yeah, Becton for sure. One of it's the ridiculous. absurdest forties of all time. No, yeah. If you were watching it in real time, Rich Eisen was completely speechless. I was watching. He it. was like, "I don't understand. <laughs> I don't. What did I just what, watch? What happened? I love Rich Eisen. I'm me too, man." Rich Eisen, another goal guest for the podcast. Yeah, we talked about that. I think last episode, or the episode before that, he's a oh, he's yeah. definitely a goal a goal yeah. guest. Hell yeah, Rich Eisen, come on the podcast. Um, but yeah, I think I think Becton, similar to Worf's, kind of fits the mold of like what Dave Gettleman likes in a prospect, and so I think he might be the pick at four. Um, people had this pre combine, and I kind of made fun of it, but now post combine, after watching him run a five one. 40 like i'm i'm kind of down i'm kind of i'm kind of in on this um so speaking up a little bit just because i checked the time and the fact that we have the uh, the interview um we'll go through these next couple a couple quickly because we do have a couple questions for the uh for, from the mailbag sounds good i think we have two um uh one of my favorite offensive linemen from this draft and it has been for a long time you didn't even say where you were going to put Beckton. Did I not? No, oh, I didn't. I went um, first. Mackay, oh, yeah, you did. Makai Beckton, uh, sorry. Uh, it's late. <laughs> it's one in the morning. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's late. But Dylan, it's 11 p.m. I hate you. Um, Makai Beckton to the Jacksonville Jaguars is where I'm going to go. That's a good one. Like um, anyway, back to what you are saying. Oh, no. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it. Um... Okay, sure. They, I feel like they need another offensive line, offensive tackle. Yes. I don't think that's crazy to say. Jawan Taylor's been good. Yep. But you need a left tackle. But you need a left tackle. Um, especially if Gardner Minshew's going to be their, their quarterback. Um, Which I think he should be. I think he should be. I don't think they should draft one this year. Give no. give Gardner another another shot, another year. Yeah. Um, Maybe draft another one in the sixth round, see what happens. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm just going to throw him to Jacksonville, which leads me then to Natan, Natane, Natan, is it Natani or Natane? I don't actually know. Muti. I think it's, Nat- I think it's Natane. I think it's Natane Muti. Um, he's been one of my favorite offensive linemen. If you remember one of my early, early mock drafts this year had him going in the first. Did it really? Yeah. So this is a guy I've been. What a call. Right? <laughs> It's a guy I've been high on for a long time. Um, I, I I'd say I I have been on high on him as long as I've been on high on Jalen Johnson, which is another guy I can you know I know people are tired of hearing me talk about him, but I'm so happy that he's getting first round mocks this year. Like now, yeah, like I, a lot of I people mean, are throwing I've him moved, in the first round. I've moved Jalen Johnson in the first round. Um, because at the beginning of the year he was top. He was like I was seeing him being drafted in the fourth, the third, and I just thought that was extreme disrespect. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, for sure. I've been I've been high on both of these guys for a long time. You can ask anybody that's talked to me about like sleepers or whatever. Natane Muti's been my guy, um, and uh, I do think that he has a little bit of, um, 
He's he's had a little bit of injury problems, which has brought him down for me personally. I wouldn't have him yeah. in the first round. But where I would have him go is uh, in the second round to the Buffalo Bills. I really like that one. I um, love that I kinda... fit. <clears throat> yep. Um, and I love the value. Um, yeah, definitely. Me too. He had 44 reps at the combine and got pissed. He was pissed that he had 44. Yeah, he really wanted that 45th one. Um, so I looked it up. His name is pronounced Natani. Uh, it's Natani Muti. Natani Muti. I always thought it was Natani, but then I always had people yell at me that it was Natane. Yeah, I looked up a draft pronunciation guide for 2020. That's fire. Muti. Where would you um, send Natani Muti? I sent him to the Rams in the second round. Um, the Rams are a team that I think let all their good offensive linemen leave after 2018, and then they regressed heavily in 2019. And so I think they're going to realize, like, hey, maybe we should go back to that period of time where we had good offensive linemen. Um, And I think Moody would be a day-one starter for them at guard, and I think that kind of helped keep Jared Goff safe enough to kind of, like, let him do what he does best, which is just kind of that, you know, quick action, play action, uh, Rams offense that we've seen and so I don't know I really like this fit too um I really like the Buffalo fit as well but I I think his injury concerns will push him down a little bit more and the Rams do pick just like the Rams and the and the Bills pick like in very similar spots in the second round and so I think like that's right around the range where I see him going oh yeah for sure um, I'm looking and trying to see. Yeah, Natani Muti to the Dolphins at 125 is where I had him mm. at the beginning of this year. That's fire. It was uh four weeks into the season. What a god, Sean <laughs> Sanders. God, <laughs> no, I'm looking at these at the at these mock drafts and <laughs> yeesh, yeah. yeesh. There are a lot of things. It can't I be as bad as uh Brandon's Gerard Davis pro comp. What was his pro comp? Uh, did you not read the the article? Um, I don't remember. It's Bobby Wagner. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a loser! <laughs> I, I'm looking at my way too early mock draft. Yeah, uh, which was before the season even started, which is why it was way too early. But right. I had a uh, Grant Calcaterra in the first round. Ooh. Patty Fisher in the first round. Trey Adams Ooh. in the first round. Hey. Oh, Jake yeah. Fromm in the first round to the Chargers? <laughs> Hate that. Hate that. <laughs> Hate that. Hey, I had Jalen Rager in the first round. Hey, hey, look at you. There you go, there you go Brandon. Dylan Sanders, God. <laughs> Colin Johnson at 15. <laughs> Yeesh. <laughs> All right. Jalen Johnson at 12. Actually. <laughs> Walker literate, Little at 10. Oh, my God. Oh my I'm God. just exposing myself. Go All on right. to Jedrick Willis before I say anything else. Yeah, yeah. so uh, <laughs> the next draft offensive lineman we wanted to talk about was Jedrick Willis, the tackle out of Alabama. Uh, played right tackle at Alabama, but was protecting to his blind side, so I don't have any problems moving into left tackle. I sent him to the Jets. Um, we talked about with the free agents, because I gave him Tooney, who plays guard, um, and not one of the tackles that we talked about. Uh, tackle's still a huge need for them. We talked about the whole seeing ghost thing and everything. Um, Kelvin Beecham is going to leave as a free agent. I don't think that's like in question at all. And so they're going to need a new franchise left tackle. And I feel like 
putting wills in there rather than dra- rather than signing a free agent kind of puts your franchise left tackle and your franchise quarterback on the same timeline. Um, and I think that that's something that could prove like very valuable for the Jets moving forward. Yeah. Um, and then I had Jedrick Wills. So we mentioned this is me going off of Trent Williams going. He's going to be their left ta- left tackle. I'm going to draft Jedrick Wills to be their right tackle. I like that. That's a that's fire a really good tack- group. tackle. That's group. a really good tackle. Group. That um, because I think right now that, that'd probably be that might be first or second best tackle group of all t- of uh, in the current NFL landscape. Because I think right now. It might be my bias showing, but I think the Saints have the the best tackle duo in the NFL right now with Ramchick and Armstead. That's a pretty good one. Uh, the other one that comes to mind is the Steelers one. Um, but I guess, like, DeCastro is a guard. Um, but they have Villanueva on the left side, and then their right tackle is... I can't remember his name right now. Oh, never mind. Their right tackle's bad. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the Steelers a couple years ago were definitely up there. Obviously, the Cowboys a couple years ago were definitely up there. But I think in this new landscape, I definitely think that Trent Williams and Jedrick Rules would be like a definitely top five, like a lock for top five best tackle duo in the league, like from day one. Yeah. Um, and that leads me into Lloyd Cushenberry the third. So there's been a lot of talk about the Saints and their who they're going to take it at the first. At the first, and in, in their first round with their first round pick, right? Um, it's a tough one. Um, a lot of people have them taking wide receiver, and that's supposedly who they're with. Their the people are saying they could take them with their first two picks, two wide receivers, which I would be That'd all be wild. for. I'd be all for it. But this is a scenario I'm throwing out now because uh, I've heard now that, you know, they are upset with the guard position, obviously, which you immediately think Andrews Pete. But no, apparently they're unhappy with Larry Warford. Interesting. So they, apparently Larry Warford is a bigger glaring hole for them than Andrews Pete, which I was shocked to hear. Does that mean they're going to re-sign Andrews Pete? (laughs) No, I don't think that means they're happy with Andrews Pete. It means that they're happy with <laughs> neither of their guards. So I'm going to have Cush go in and either play guard or center because that means Eric McCoy could also play guard or center. Eric McCoy yeah. was fantastic at center. I think from what I've seen personally from Cush is that he could easily play guard. Yeah, I think Cushenberry transitions to guard very well because he's a very good mover in space. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a great like, anchor. I think. Yeah, I think I think it was Jim Nagy that put out the tweet today. I don't know if you saw it, but it was a rep from Senior Bowl practices where Cushenberry literally like went down to one knee in a blocking rep against Kinlaw, and then just like immediately popped back up and continued the block. I saw that. I saw that happen live. Yeah, yeah, right. But I was like, watching. He made the rounds again on Twitter today. Yeah, um, um, I, but I, I just watched. I remember watching that at the time. Cushenberry too. dominate Javon Kinlaw for a day. Yeah, it was wild. Kinlaw did not um, win a rep against Kush, which is insane because Kinlaw's amazing. Yeah, I mean, so I'm super Kinlaw's high on Kush after the Super Bowl. Top fifteen talent. Um. So yeah, I. Uh, 
Uh, where do you have Cush going? This is another fit. I, where you have him going, I'd love to see it happen. Yeah. I mean, I'd I hate to Cush see it happen, but I'd love. I, w- I would hate to see it, but I think it's a really good fit. Um, I have Cushenberry going to the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, my reasoning is that they could either take him at 32 very easily, or if they decide to trade down a couple spots to let someone jump back into the first round to take a quarterback and get that fifth-year option, like we saw a couple of years ago the Ravens do with Lamar Jackson at 32, um, then they could easily take him with that second-round pick also because interior, like interior offensive line, especially center, isn't really like a high-priority position for a lot of teams. But Kansas City needs a center rather badly. They let their 2018 starter walk, which I'm blanking on his name, but he was very good. <laughs> and then this year you saw like the offensive line play wasn't as good as it was in years past for Kansas City. And that led obvious I mean, not directly, but you know, uh, Patrick Mahomes did end up getting hurt this year. I think that that probably I've long been of the belief that that probably panicked the Chiefs enough that they're going to go offensive line with one of with one of their early picks in this draft um, to kind of prevent that from ever happening again. Um, even though like they were able to kind of survive through that stretch and then obviously win the Super Bowl this year. But I think Cushenberry is a really, really good fit for the Chiefs because I think he's plug-and-play at center immediately, fits right in with that offensive line that they already have, and then you know the Chiefs are kind of – it's kind of smooth sailing to another AFC West division championship from there because that's really their only glaring hole other than corner um, on this team right now. All right, Matt, I think that about does it for our offensive line preview. Yeah, definitely. Um, I so, like every spot that we picked. That brings us to the uh, yeah, I did too. I, I think we we had a good a good little group of of players and landing spots. I agree. And that brings us to the uh, the mailbag question from Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola, who we already talked about. Um, would be who. Um, what, what, not sorry. Me and him were talking about our personal top five favorite Saints players of all time. Um, sure. But uh, I was thinking he he asked, "What are your favorite local coffee spot, coffee spots or shops?" And if you don't drink coffee, why do you hate why do you hate Joy? Is this is his secondary question? Mm, okay. Do you want to go first, or do you want me to go? I'll, first? I'll let you go first because I actually have some answers. So why do you hate okay. Joy? Because I know you don't drink coffee. Yeah. So I don't drink coffee. Um, do you know of any I cool coffee have... shops? Because you live in I, Seattle. I mean, I live in I live in Seattle. There's a billion of them. <laughs> so um, there's a couple in Seattle, in specifically in the University District where I live that I know a lot of people go to. There's this place called Cafe Allegro, which is in an alley, um, in the middle of the University District, like right next to campus. People go there all the time. Uh, they've kept it open like way past closing for my friends before, just like because they're nice. Um, so that's a really good spot. There's a couple other good, really good spots, like kind of littered around town, obviously. Like you can go to the first Starbucks if you're a tourist and do the whole thing with that. Um, but I don't drink coffee because when I was like 12, I drank coffee by accident one time. I think I was like in a hotel and I like wasn't paying attention and <laughs> I poured coffee instead of orange juice or something. And it was to this day, like probably the worst beverage experience that I've ever had. 
probably just because I was expecting it to be orange juice. And so I was very upset. <laughs> um, and like, I just drank it like straight. Um, and so ever since then, I've just been like, I hate the taste of coffee. I can't do it. Um, but both my roommates are very big into coffee. And so they, but they brew it, they brew it at home or get it from Seven Eleven because there's a Seven Eleven on the same block as our apartment. So. All right. <laughs> go to seven, you live in Seattle and they go to Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're the worst. <laughs> they're degenerates. Um, I have two answers. I do drink coffee. I used to not drink coffee. Um, and then I lived in Buffalo where you required warm beverage for nine months of the year to stay warm. Um, uh, so I learned to love coffee. Um, and so I have two spots in Baton Rouge that I enjoy. One of them is in a white star market, which is a, uh, it's, it's like a, it's like a food court, but like good restaurants. For sure. You know how like most food courts will have like local pizza, like not even local, it's just like a, a, cha- a bunch of chain restaurants. Like a Sabaro? Like a Sabaro and then <laughs> like three Chinese restaurants. Yeah. But one um, of them is Panda but, Express. But this is a bunch of local restaurants and it's oh, okay, it's fine. amazing. My brother's a manager there, so I go there a lot. Um, oh, for sure. And I don't like it because he's if he was if he got fired, I'd still go there. Um, it's it's just fire. Yeah, they have right. a coffee place called uh, it's like Reve Stick Rev Reeve. I don't know how to pronounce it, but R E V E <laughs> Coffee Roasters. And I've had a couple coffees there, and they're fire. But the classic place to go in Baton Rouge is Coffee Call because that is the best place to get beignets at like four in the morning. Mm. So I remember we were uh, leaving Tigerland completely sober. Of course, uh, um, of course, because you know. Good men. Drinking is bad, kids. Yes. Um, completely sober, leaving uh, Tigerland. And it was like four in the morning. We were all gone. And, you know, we stopped there. Our friend was driving. He, he was he was the DD. And he was like, you know what? I want, I want beignets. So it was like four in the morning. And we went and got beignets. And it was a fun time. And their coffee's good, too. So that's what I would say in terms of... Good local coffee spots i think that about does it you can follow me on twitter at dilly sanders you can find out alex on twitter at alex katzen you can uh follow the show on twitter at whole nine sports you can find brandon on twitter at divinus underscore brandon you can find steve on twitter at steven wardle you can find my show at wn draft pod yes if you want to listen to me every week and where can you where can they find your co-host on twitter they can find josh my co-host at joshberg 0611 on twitter um, he's currently on hiatus due to moving, but he will be back soon. <laughs> fun, fun, fun. And, uh, yeah, just be sure to listen to, uh, listen to the WNF Dra- WNS Draft Pod. Uh, listen to us and talk to all of us on Twitter because we're on Twitter all the time. Talk to me specifically about Love is Blind because <laughs> that shows fire. It's so much better than The Bachelor. Oh, my God. So much better than The Bachelor. That sounds, that sounds like facts. I don't know enough to, like say for sure that it's facts but it sounds like facts the show was fantastic um and then uh yeah plus it's just on netflix so it's just better um so yeah um go support our patreon and go fund me and you can find those on twitter um and then yeah thanks for listening uh see y'all later boys Goodbye. Bye-bye. Oh, and Trey. I forgot I was supposed to say that now. Oh, we're supposed to say to follow? No. We're supposed to say goodbye to Trey? Yeah. 
Okay. Goodbye, Trey. <laughs> <laughs>